Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are coming to you a day later than usual, you might notice, because we wanted to be able to talk a little bit about the trade deadline here with the NFL, in addition to talking a little bit about Unfortunately, that game against the Vikings, we don't want to do we don't want to talk about it. We know you don't want to hear about it, but we got to. I am here, one of your co-hosts, Tommy, joined as always by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how you doing? <laughs> uh, could be better, but it was a fun Halloween. I had a great day. You know, That's good. there was no there was no Packers on. Went for a hike, looked at the ocean, um, set up nightmare before Christmas for Halloween trick-or-treaters. And sat outside and gave out candy. So, no no football. Sounds was, like, I was going to say, it sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a win. It was so, a great day. It has, yeah. Uh, that does sound like a great day. So Other than that, let's, we can talk about the red-hot pokers we uh, stuck in our eyes while we yeah. watched this Packers-Vikings game. Uh, by, the, by the second quarter, I was pretty much ready to because, man, oh, man, we know everyone has already talked about it to death, but we're here to give our two cents. Packers lose 24 to 10. I think this game only deserves a penny. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you it was not that close. It was not, it was not that close, but we got a lot to talk about. Like we said, we wanted to do this episode a day later than usual. So we'd be able to capture the action at the trade deadline. And it's a good thing we did because we have two pieces of news. Um, The first one is trade deadline related. And that is that the Packers have traded corner Rasul Douglas uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Rasul Douglas and a fifth will be going to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for a third rounder. So essentially, they're trading Rasul Douglas to move up 50 picks uh, in the 2024 draft. And then they will also have some cap relief next year, getting like $6 million off their caps uh, off the cap next year about. Uh, Dad? You, you, uh, you, heard what I, you heard what I said about that. What did you say about that? That $6 million is a mystery box. Yeah, it's true. It, might, it, 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 it. it could even be Rasul Douglas. I mean, I think that six million is, uh, you know, let's let's get under the cap. Let, I think they're going to be over still next year. They, I think they still got to clear some. Um, but Dad, what I wanted to ask is this: the worst secondary in the NFL now? Uh, so I'm just going to read it off to you. Uh, Jair Alexander is clearly not 100. Uh, percent He struggled mightily to guard Jordan Addison in this game against the Vikings. He's been dealing with a back injury the last few weeks. Uh, we learned it happened in practice. Um, then you got Eric Stokes is on IR. He's not going to play for at least another three weeks. Darnell Savage is on IR. He's not going to play for at least another three weeks. So you're trotting out. And Russell Douglas now in Buffalo. They're going to be trotting out Carrington Valentine, Keyshawn Nixon, and then either a hurt Jair or Corey Valentine. And then on the back end, it's going to be Owens and Ford. So is this the worst secondary in the NFL now? After what we thought it was going to be a strength coming into the year. Honestly, Jair should be on IR. Yeah, he doesn't look right at all. But you they can't should, tell me should. you can't tell me he's healthy after he goes out there and just he can't guard Addison in that game. He tried, at all. yeah, they, yeah, they just blow right by him and he can't even turn and run downfield. He can't, he can't run. He can't turn. Like his back is, they, it is helping no one to have him out there right now. Right, it's not helping. You might anyone. as well. You might as well put him on IR. There's no, there's no sense in in having him out there because he's he's no better than your deep bench players right now. So you might as well get somebody healthy. Get him healthy so that you can get something out of him because yeah, they're not I getting think, anything. Now. I I think he was targeted three times for three catches for fifty yards and a touchdown in this game, and so it's just like we know Jagger's better than that. Like like he and what's the point of putting him out there where he might end up injuring himself some more in games that let let's be honest do not matter. The Packers are bad, not, not anymore. And we've, and we've talked about this. The Packers, uh, I'm Jagger was Jagger was intact. Targeted three times. He's targeted seven times. Oh, was this? Oh, I might have just. Those might have just been the Addison numbers. Sorry, that's what I meant. The, the maybe just by yes, maybe just was, Addison. Yes. It was just Addison. It was sorry. I I should have clarified that. Yeah, just Addison. Three targets, three receptions, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, I'm ready here today to make some make some bold proclamations, and one of them is that I think the Packers might be the worst team in the league, and we're going to talk about that. Um, and I have a lot of ranting and raving to do, but I'm just going to. I want the until we get to that. I just want you, our uh, listeners, to think about this: How many teams in the NFL would have extra rest coming off Thursday night football? And I think Andy Herman might have said something similar. But have extra rest coming off Thursday night football and play the play the Raiders, then have their bye week and play the Broncos, and then play the Vikings and lose all three of those games. I think 
the, the Packers have lost four in a row. I think that's tied for the longest losing streak, active losing streak in the NFL right now. Even the Panthers won last week. The Bears just blew out that Raiders team by 30 with Tyson Bajan. So what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, so the only positive, though, that we have... Uh, Dad, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Rasul Douglas trade? I, I know you didn't love it, right? I mean, what they got back for him is pretty, seems pretty small to me for a starting corner. I agree that Rasul is a starting corner in this league. Yeah. And they have him for, and it's not just this year. They have him for next year too. And a pretty good starting corner. And it's not like that third round pick is going to be an early third. That is a late no. third. That's like a the, barely the, top hundred pick. I, I, I saw somebody like the, the, the amount of picks you, places you're actually moving up is like the equivalent of a seventh rounder. It is kind of wild how they barely got a top hundred pick and had to send a fifth back, which is right. wild. Why did they have to? Who's negotiating this deal if they had to send a fifth back? Maybe a seventh, but a fifth for and a pick that we know we're going to screw up? That's true. I was like, I was like, honestly, the Packers would probably get a better player with that fifth round pick than they're going to get with this third that they're getting. Um, but I, I like, I understand. I mean, what are they? they Enigbare, Sean Ryan. That's true. Yeah. I mean, exhibit A. And then, uh, well, what is it? Um, the fifth round was, oh, goodness. This past year. What, oh, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft. That's another, that's another one. Uh, Kingsley Kiki, Jay Sternberger. I, we can keep going. We 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 can keep going, um, but no, it's not good. Uh, and yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, the more I think about it, it's like the Bills. I'm, the, I'm wait, really just, really hoping. Can I just kind of say the no, Bills? The Bills this past week were trotting out Josh Norman at corner. I saw You're that. telling me you couldn't turn the screws. Like anymore, like they're desperate. Right. They're they're, that, des- they're the they're, ones who should be desperate. You couldn't turn the hoping, screws on Buffalo, and and they want to compete for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think this is this this is their chance, and so they should be desperate. And you couldn't how desperate turn that were you desper- to unload him? Yeah, and you couldn't turn that desperation to your advantage at all. Like, come on, I, like you can say, oh, like he's a little older, fair. Uh, he's only got like a year left on his contract. Like, sure. But I think you could have at least gotten, you could have gotten them to bid. The, the bills are desperate. They have terrible corners. They're trotting Josh Norman. Who's like 36 years old out there. Who hasn't been good in like three years. I don't know. Oh, I think it's longer than that. But like, I, I'm fine with the concept of trading Rasul Douglas. Like I'm, yes. I'm fine with that, but I don't, I agree. I, I don't see how they couldn't get it's, more. How did they this. get so little? This is the thing that boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I just, I'm just know, hoping they take their three, two thirds, and do and something trade else away for it, something. Don't make yeah. those picks, please. Maybe please they can get a, maybe picks. they can get a late second for two thirds or something. No, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, the other piece of news that we had, which is actually good news, is that Rashawn Gary got an extension, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, four years, $96 million in new money. Um, it's going to keep him in Green Bay quite a while longer. Uh, that's the that's the only bit of good news we've gotten in pretty much over a month, I would say, for the Packers. So we'll take it. Um, but, Dad, exciting stuff, I guess. Uh, we got to celebrate the wins when we get them, right? Yes. That's all you got is yes. That's all you yes. got is yes. Yes, that's we so do. Great. You know, right. they got it done. They didn't They didn't drag it out. You could say that, okay, they waited long enough to see that he's playing well. Yeah. And so they – and didn't want to let it get to um, – $28 million. Yeah. Didn't, didn't want to get – I was saying didn't want to let it get till the summer was what I was going to say. Didn't want to have to deal with, you know, bidding against him against other people in the market. Wanted yeah, to get if he got to the open market in March or whatever, it could have been $28, 29000000 million. Yeah, I think it's like top five. I think it's like the fifth highest edge contract or something like that, which I think it's is reasonable. Like it's yeah. very reasonable for Gary. Um, but yeah, good extension. I think good for player and team. Excited for him for going forward. Um, not excited for a whole lot else going forward, though, Dad. Let's talk about this game. Uh, we've put it off long enough. Um, I'm sure everyone is tired of listening to it, but if you <laughs> want to hear... looking to talk about anything else, but... Yeah, I'm sure everyone else is tired of hearing about it, but 
if you want to hear some people rant and rave, you're about to hear some people rant and rave because this team looks pitiful, incompetent, uh, lost, uh, bad. <laughs> just bad. This team is not good. Uh, the Packers lose 24 to 10. And like we said earlier, it should not have been that close. Um, uh, we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit about the game breakdown, but let's just at least start with the injury report where the Packers do have some other good news. At least, um, Josh Nyman, who, uh, came in for a benched Rashid Walker, um, was the only player who had to leave the game with, uh, with an injury in this game. Uh, he left with a foot injury late in the game. Um, according to him, he got hurt on the kick block. Um, but it does sound like he's, you know, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be too serious apparently. But all I, all I have to ask is at this point in the game, Josh Nyman had come in as your left tackle on offense. Why is he still on the kick block unit if he's your starting left tackle? Why don't you put Love out there in the kick block unit? Yeah. What the heck? He's tall. Why not? Yeah, I was going to say. He's got, like, he's I, tall. He's got big hands. Well, the thing is, like, I understand perfect. Like, Nyman has a block on on a kick this year. And so I understand when he's the sixth the sixth guy and he's not playing that much, like, hell yeah. Have him on have him on kick block. But when you have pivoted to having him at the left tackle because you think that gives you a better chance of winning, because I and I agree, I think that Nyman is better than Walker. Um once that once that move happens, Walker, get out there on kick Walker block, goes buddy. Out there. You're the sixth right. lineman now. There should this any of the starting five should not be on the kick block unit. It, that does not feel like it should be that complicated. Right. I get you know that Nyman they... is bigger. I get that Nyman is way bigger and has a better chance. But if he's your and one of the starting five linemen, I don't want to see him taking. Pretty tall he's not. Too. He's not big. He's like not Nyman, six though. seven. Nyman's but isn't huge. he like six five? Yeah, but Nyman's like two inches taller and has a way bigger wingspan. I think. Um. Well, but anyway, I, but, anyway. but the name on that the name of that unit should be number six. It shouldn't have a person's name. It should be six O L. Yeah. Or just put a D lineman out there, like. There, there's no reason to have one of your starting five. I have a lot of gripes with Bastachio right now, and we'll get to when we get to special teams. But let's get into the game breakdown, Dad. Um, play of the game, biggest moment of the game. Uh, we do this by ESPN win probability, so the play that uh, shifted win probability the most. And that was the third and one, um, 23-yard completion to TJ Hawkinson near the end of the first quarter. Uh, that uh, was on a third down, and it took the uh, Vikings down to the four-yard line, uh, if I remember correctly. And it swung the Vikings' win probability from a 64.7% chance of winning to like a 72.9% chance of winning, uh, which is good for an 8.2% swing. And the reason there weren't any other big swings in this game is because I don't think that win probability dropped below like 78 the rest of the game. Uh, uh, it's like higher. Uh, but yeah, I was expecting it to be like the, the 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 interception, but I think the win probability was already in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, they then, were, so it was like, yeah. it wasn't going to change much. They had watched enough of the Packers play that game to know that the, the, the odds of them pulling that one out was low. Um, but, yeah, so that is the win probability. Um, Dad, do you want to talk about offense first, defense first? We're going to talk about special teams last. Uh, or do you just want to, like, do a general rant about coaching? Because I think in the last two games, my eyes have been open to the fact that the coaching on this team is – abysmal you got if i could just spiel a little bit you got guys Go ahead and spiel because yeah the, the, you can talk about any 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 level any any group of the of on the team in this you rant. got you got so uh coaching wise play calling wise you've got shotgun runs on third and one which have been just making me so irrationally angry for the better part of five years now we don't do anything under center. We'll talk about that later. And I think that was by design in this game. And, you know, maybe. But there's still room for it in the, on those third and ones. And then on the, that third and one, you got players. You got This is just one example. But this is the third and one um, handoff to A.J. Dillon that he got stuffed in the backfield. You got the center going away from the nose tackle and not blocking him. You got the right guard going away from the nose tackle and not blocking him. You got a D tackle who almost is so confused that he doesn't even get off field, which he almost worked. You know, that, that might've worked. Uh, you there's, got the there's like, that, that was, that was the big brain strategy. Yeah. We're gonna, he's going to be so confused. He won't know what to do. You got the left tackle, not blocking anyone. And you got, um, Christian Watson getting blown up by a, D, by a DB or like the, the man on the edge or whoever it was. I think it was a defensive back. You got scenarios where players on RP on 
supposed RPOs. Now, probably Love was the one that was wrong, but no one's running a route on what Love thinks is an RPO. You got Matt LaFleur has them with seven, and PFF has them with four, but either way, you got like at least six drops on this game that I could track from the young receiver core. You got players, you got DeGuara whiffing blocks constantly. I haven't seen him make contact with a defender in three weeks since the bye. I have not seen this man make contact with a defender. I'm at my wits end, Dad, with the, the execution on the, on this team right now. And we're going to talk about offense, defense, special teams. But do you want to rant a little bit? Because it's just, we oh, need to get so, it out. So we need to just get you it You know out. the old line. How do you feel about the player's execution? I'm in favor for it. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, that's the classic, the the classic joke. But, but the, yeah. The so execution I mean, it's, on this there team are is, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. People people don't know what they're supposed to do. There's always there seems to be always somebody in the play who's got it wrong, running the wrong route, um, the wrong blocking assignment, or or dumb penalties. Oh, with the Packers brain, now brain lead dead the penalties. League. Now lead the league in penalties. At one point in this game, they had 59 yards of penalties and 19 yards of offense. And this was like with like, they had one possession left in the second quarter to go. Like, oh my goodness. They are the most undisciplined. I've never seen a team where it seems like every other play, players aren't sure what the play is. How does that happen this often? And we've, we talked about this offline before we, before we started recording this episode. There, I, I think we, we were saying, since Hackett left, and I know Hackett has had struggles other places, but since Hackett has left, no one on this coaching staff seems to be able to teach. That's the biggest thing, I think. None of them know how to teach the players how to either to A, get better like with their fundamentals and just general skill, or to teach the scheme, or to teach the plays. No one knows what the plays are supposed to be. No one knows how to execute. No one knows what their assignment is. It's coaching. It's terrible. Everything right. is horrible. And it's almost, it's like every position group too. Yeah. Got offensive linemen, got tight ends, wide receivers. And Maybe I get, the running backs know what they're supposed to do. I get Quarterback. That I get that they're young. But, and like, I know like there's the, the counter argument is like, hey, when, it, when, when you have one young player, he's, he's making this many mistakes as each of these young players is individually. It just, you don't notice it as much because it's covered up for by all the veterans. Problem is the Packers have only young players. And so all these mistakes compound on each other. And you and so you end up with this absolute mess of a team. But it has to be better than this. It has to be. Like, the, the, the counter-argument to that is, well, the reason, the reason that happens on other teams is those young players don't get as many reps. There's tons of reps out here. No one's getting better. They're getting worse every week. They are getting worse Every single week. And let's start talking about the offense, Dad. I got nothing good to say. I know we usually have good one good thing, one bad thing, or like a few good things, bad things. I got nothing. I, I, I nothing saw where you are. You, you're, you're under good things. You've got uh, um, NSFW. Yeah, I got, I got absolutely nothing. Who effing knows what the good things are in this offense right now? Um, this is a quote from Zach Toms per Ryan Wood on Twitter. This is what they're saying. Quote, we have the talent. We have the pieces we need. We've shown every game this year we can move the ball. It's just about doing it consistently, and we're not doing that. We're putting our defense in tough positions. It's just about coming out ready to play, and I don't know if we're always ready to play. Obviously, it's showing up. We're not ready to play. And I couldn't put it better myself. They are not ready to play. The slow starts continue. They have been outscored 73-9 to in the first halves of the last five games. And I put that 100% on coaching. Yeah. It is the coach's job. It's the coaching staff's job to have the players fired up and ready to go at the beginning of the game. 73 to nine, this game open up and this is a division opponent. You should know their tendencies. The Vikings don't have a very talented defense. You come out three plays, four yards, punt three plays, four yards, punt three plays, negative three yards, punt three plays, one yard punt. The first four drives, you amass five, six yards, of offense, you move the ball six yards, and they committed like I think four or five penalties in that stretch, and it was like delay of game, holding, holding, and it's just like I get yeah, like, but let's look at how they torpedoed those drives because it's everybody and it's so like first first possession, what looks like a good play, penalty downfield, um, illegal downfield, 
Yeah, that was uh, um, Rashid, Rashid third, Walker third, downfield, but that wasn't Walker's but fault. But it was right, it wasn't Walker's fault. It was just kind of they screwed up everything. Um, third down and really short. They they forget to block the, the the guy who's standing right where they want to run the ball. Yeah, you and I are talking about which one of them was supposed to block it. Probably both. Well, what 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 blows my mind is can we just rewind back to that RPO where where no one knows what the. Bl- that is the third play of the game. The opening drive is scripted. You practiced yep. it all week. What I would not give to be a flat. What are they doing in the meetings every so, week? And the what other reason why week? that that should be like completely known what they're going to do because it's third and one. The whole playbook is open. So they get to choose what they want. They're not forced into a play that they don't want. Yeah, and then and, like, and then problem... and then and then their second possession, doink off a uh, Jones's helmet, dropped by Musgrave. So they got two drops that torpedo that one. They got missed blocking assignments that torpedo number one. And then I think in the third one, that was I think a penalty killer for that one. And, and a sack. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so bad. And and I don't even but every There's... but every possession it's 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 something else. So that's another reason why you say, oh, it's not just like they can't do this one thing. They can't do anything. Yeah, the third one the third one wasn't a penalty killer, it was a it was a sack. Um Well there's a sack and then a penalty after. Oh, yeah, a sack th- and then a delay of game on third and seventeen. Yeah. Right, to make it third and twenty two. Yeah. As if it wasn't impossible enough as it is. And then <laughs> just because why do you and, think we can get third and seventeen? Just because we can't get four yards on an entire drive? And then the fourth drive where they only had one yard was the holding on Runyon on a, on a five-yard run that would have made it third and one instead second and 16. So it's just like just doing nothing right, just doing absolutely nothing right. And it's never just one thing. There's no fix. There is no fix. Everything there is, no is fix bad. Because everything is bad. Yeah, everything is bad. And we can talk some more about offense. Um, we talked about the drops. We talked about that being the third play of the game. I mean, so this is an interesting stat from Derek Klassen on Twitter. Um, the Packers went under center in this game on just 4.8% of snaps, which is the lowest under Matt LaFleur, which is lower than any game with Rodgers, who hated playing under center mostly, like would like preferred playing shotgun 100%. Like, they did nothing under center in this game. I don't understand that. And I think someone was we saying— We were thinking you know, there's going to be more under center this year than in the past. And someone was saying they wanted to like lean more heavily into RPO, I think, from shotgun. And it's like, yeah, I guess like uh, they they have been not using RPOs enough. But when they try to use an RPO, no one runs around. So maybe, so maybe they shouldn't be doing it. I don't know. It's it's you know it's we laughable. just have to play well, like can... this team could do like maybe they could, maybe this team could do like student body left and student body right and cut everything else out of the playbook. Except I, of course they can't run block anybody. Yeah. Hey, oh, don't you? You've already forgotten the first part of the year where they couldn't run outside without losing six yards. They can't run outside. Oh, that was that was a good way to get behind the chains fast. One and, uh, one sweep. And apparently they can't run between the tackles either because no one blocks the no one blocks the nose tackle. They can't, they cannot do anything right. This team might be the worst team in the league, and it's bad because it's like they're not the worst defense in the league. They're not the worst offense in the league. They're the worst first half offense in the league, but they're not overall the worst offense in the league. They're not the worst special teams in the league. They're not good special teams. They're just allergic to playing winning football, allergic to playing complimentary football. It's like, oh, the defense like forced to fumble and you have the ball at the 15 down two scores with six minutes left. And if you score, it's a one score game. And you got a chance. Nope. 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 You're not going to do anything with that. Nope. Not going to do it. It's, it's 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 and it's it's just so bad. It's like, oh, you're playing the Broncos and you took the lead in the fourth quarter, and the defense needs to just stop the Broncos from kicking a field goal, and you win. Nope, Broncos go down the field, kick a field goal, Packers lose. It's just continuous. It's continuously just getting kicked in the nuts. Like it's just it's so awful to watch. The offense is like way worse than the defense, but the defense isn't any good. So I don't want I don't want people getting that misconstrued. Defense is terrible too. Uh, they just have had really good red zone luck so far to keep some of these scores close. Um, but yeah, Dad, talk about the offense. I've talked enough. I'm, okay, I'm so worn out. <laughs> I'm finding something nice to say. Well, 
sort of. I really, we talked about it. That's the throw by Love to Reed while being tackled was a great play. But that was a great play. And the throw on the RPO, the play, the, the throw on the RPO, it was a great, it was a great happened. scramble. It was a great excellent. scramble to avoid the tackle, and then a, a fantastic throw on the sideline, and a great catch by Dobbs nah. on a play that didn't count. So that's, one that's of the great things is a play that didn't count. So emblematic of the Packers. It's like their best plays are plays that don't matter. They don't count. That's their best plays. Their best offense is the second halves of games when they're practically out of it. It's like. When they've just screwed around for, I guess they're not out of it. A lot of these games they end up making close, but this the second half when like most of the time it, it should have already been too late. It's like, sorry, go ahead though. Yeah, they had that that Dylan actually had a pretty nice pass catching game. He led the team in receptions with five. He had his highest yards per route run on the season. He had his most receiving yards on the season, and he had the second highest rating when targeted of for the season. So uh, QB rating when he's targeted for for the season. So he's had two good receiving games back-to-back. So, and good, by good, I mean probably like a little bit above average. We're not talking elite here. And statistically, we're about to get the November bump. We already got the the October bump. We might just get a little another bump in November. We might win a game. Who knows? Somehow we're favored this weekend. We'll start start winning games when, when, when it gets to the point where we'd rather not. That's, that hurts. You know, we'll... We'll win like so bad because you're not wrong. We'll win, we won't win any games until like the last two weeks of the season. No, the last last week we're going to come down to Packers and Bears, and we're each going to have. Oh, it will like be Packers. Three, it will be Packers and Bears. We're going to have each exactly. I know we're going to each have three wins, and, and the we'll, losers going to we'll get Caleb Williams, and we're going to somehow win. We're gonna somehow win that game. We'll win that game, oh, and man. we'll end up. We'll end up with a third pick. Yep. And, yep. I I can already see it. It's already amazing. I'll, I'll still be rooting for the Packers to beat the Bears, but I know it's going to hurt because it's going to have bigger ramifications. But I, I can never knowingly root for the Packers to lose to the Bears. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um, but yeah, uh, offense, it's just what do they work on every week? And Matt LaFleur said today or yesterday that they're going to shake up what they're doing during the week, Wednesday to Saturday. It's a, little late. it's a little late That's for that. Say. It's about time. So, so you're telling me so, up until up until now, you've been doing the same thing every week. That's what you're telling me. I'm just gonna keep hitting myself in the head with this hammer until things change. It's like you're you're telling me that losing to the Raiders, having your buy and losing to the Broncos, and you were like, "This is fu- like we trust what we're doing here. We're gonna keep doing this." But now, has anybody? Now is- how long has it been since we've heard trust the process? Trust the process. Oh, Why? Man. It's it's so bad. There's it's it's and it's not the problem is and, and I've got I've got I've got more bad things to talk about that you have that that you didn't touch on. You finished your bad things. I got more. Go I got more bad things to talk about the offense. Yeah, this team is so bad. We got a lot to talk about. Get it all out. Could, I know I know the listeners want to feel this. You got to feel this pain. You got to accept it and feel it. We are not here. We are here to talk it. about what what the game really is and not just to make you feel better. Sorry, sorry listeners. It makes me feel better to rant. I don't know if it makes I don't know if it makes any listeners feel better to listen to me rant, but it makes me feel better. I feel better yelling. We're here for the catharsis. Yeah. So, contested catches, zero for seven today, including giving up an INT on one of those contested catches when Reed yep. got ripped out of his hands. Yep. Immediately after Minnesota scored, to really kind of put some nails in the coffin for that comeback for the season, and also, and so it wasn't just Reed; it was actually everybody in this game. But for the season now. Watson is 0 for 8 on contested catch chances. After last year being 9 for 12. So I know people talk about, well, well, he can't play football. He can't make a contested catch. He never does it. Last year, he, it wasn't just the long touchdowns that you could say, okay, that's an unsustainable way to have production. He was 9 for 12 on contested catches last year. Now he's 0 for 8. This is not good. Like, Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's statistically like almost like an impossibility to go from that to this. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, these aren't 50 50 balls. We're learning so far this season, these aren't 50 50 balls. Like 10 90. We, <laughs> we got like a 1 in 10 chance of coming down with these. You know the other thing about pass catching that's not good? What else? When, what? A- when AJ Dillon is your only pass catcher who had an above average receiving grade. Yeah. 
And like I thought Reed did some good things. I thought Reed did some good things in this game, but he had I you know I think that he should have caught the one that was picked. I and he had another drop. I thought that uh, Wicks showed some good moments in this game, but he drops a really easy third down ball that they could have scored a touchdown, made it a one score game. Just drops it right down the middle, like right at the five yard line. Uh, Dobbs had a drop. Watson had. I've got I've got those like. So we talked about the mental errors and missed blocks already. The pass plays that should have been positive but fail. They're always – once again, there are a bunch of those. Four drops on the targets. Bad drop by Wicks where that could have been a score or first and goal inside the five. Um, when they had a chance to cut it to one score. Um, back-to-back drops by Jones and Musgrave. We mentioned a kill drive two. Off-target throws by, by Love again. Some overthrows on deep balls again. Off target to Dobbs to the right in the second quarter. Off target to Reed in the flat after, um, after the long pass. We got it. So there's off target throws. There are we... drops. There are, there are um, running the wrong route. There are missed blocks. There's everything. It all sucks. It's, it's generally and, abysmal and it... deep passing. Only, I want to talk. Let's talk about the deep passing because isn't that just a you know a a potpourri of poopery and. And the thing is, like, they need to have the Packers, they need to throw downfield because we saw in the Broncos game, when they just tighten up, they're not doing anything anyways. And when they open it up no. in the second half, they can move it. But the deep passing is still incredibly inefficient. Oh, it's, it's just it's abysmal. I think the only function the deep passing is is performing right now is to make it easier to get a few yards on those intermediate passes. I think it's opening so, up the it opens up the middle of the field. A it opens up the and middle. That's the even only they... place I think we're hitting anything right now. Right, and so if you don't even try it, even though it fails, all you get is two yards per pass, like they like they did against the. Uh, that was the Bronco game, right? Yeah, that was the first half of yeah. the Bronco game. So, for the season, no, no, so, sorry, for this game, passer rating of thirty-one on passes over ten yards, for love. <sighs> um, I also feel like is- he, he still seems to like f- throw these long, f- slow floaters. Every once in a while, that gives the defensive back forever to come back and break it up. Like there's one where he had to Wicks on the on the left side in the second quarter that the safety can come from like 30 yards away and knock it away or have a chance to pick it. He's not playing with he's not playing with fundamentals right now. He is like super hoppy at the backs of his drops. He's throwing off one leg. He's not throwing off of a sturdy platform. Like this is like the those last two McCarthy years where Rodgers was just, like, playing with absolutely no technique and was just yeah. yucking the ball around. Well, but one he, of those years, he had a tibial plate plateau fl- fracture. I know. But, but, I know. Yeah. So, also, Love is, for the season, he's 32nd in the league in um, passer rating on passes over 20 yards um, and with a rating of only 36 among 34 qualifying players. Um, and he's only, so you say, well, that's all the drops. Well, he's, he's 20th in drops. So he drops on his own merits. He falls down from 20th to 32nd and there's been pressure. He was pressured 13 times today and had a passer rating of only 44.9 when, when he was pressured. And then let's think about just a general offensive ability, unable to capitalize on chances. So it's like the complimentary football. It's like when the offense scores, the defense can't get the stop. When the defense score makes a stop, the offense can't get the score. Field goal miss, four yards, no po- no points. Fumble recovery, zero points. Block field goal, zero points. I the the way quick aside. Were you also incredibly annoyed with the camera operating on that block field goal? I need someone to explain to me how he didn't house that. He got because run down by the kick. Did he get run down by the kicker? They didn't show it. They, they 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 switched to a camera that was just looking at the Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell on the sideline. Oh, in the middle of the runback. Yes, in the middle of the runback. The middle. They the middle. Didn't of the, show it. They they splashed it. Yes. So, so you don't know what's going on. The other one that was driving me crazy. I think it was the uh, the runback that got called for a penalty, and then we got that that low camera angle. Oh like, yeah. What the hell's well, What the hell's see, going on? I can't see anything. <laughs> like this camera angle is awful. Like, I'm down on the field. They put a GoPro on one of these players. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't see anything. Except, I, 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 except I'm, I'm like the shortest player in the field. I yeah. can't see what's going on. Wait, no, it's, they got a GoPro strapped to this guy's knee. Like it's on a knee pad. I can't see anything out there, man. Let's just get the regular camera. 
<laughs> like just leave me leave me alone give me my regular camera angle oh my god these this this the packers are making me grumpy but no but let's just wrap up the offense dad coaching right number one problem with this team number one problem with yeah. this team is coaching no one is prepared every week every week they're not prepared and every week every week they don't know the plays they they don't know the plays on the opening script they don't know that they don't know the technique they don't know who they're supposed to block I and mean, we've said it a million times it's coaching it's coaching and I, I don't know what you do because I feel like LaFleur has too much cachet to fire him. I, I mean, if they don't win another game this year, I think he's fired. But what do, what do you think the minimum number of games he could win total in the course of the season, including the two they already won, to keep his job? I think if they win four games, he's safe. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think if he only wins one more, he could get fired. But four, he might still save his job. But it kind of depends. If they, like, Kind of luck into two crappy wins, and they still have people blowing assignments through the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know. I mean the the, the roster. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend like the roster. Let's good. let's let's say they had won that Broncos game, so they have one more win, but they still played it the same. Except like the Broncos missed the field goal. Everything I, else happened the same, and they just missed the field goal. I think you know when you like are at the end of the season. No one remembers how you won those games, really. Like, well, the people making decisions should. Yeah, but they'll be like, you know, you know, you 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 won that one when you shouldn't have, but you lost the Falcons game when you shouldn't have. So those even out. It's kind of one of those. But it's like the Saints won. They won the Saints game. They shouldn't have won that game. Saints guys, Saints just missed the kick. That was the that was the and everyone that hey, that's the exact. Here's the exact situation that you're talking about. They should have lost that Saints game. They missed the kick. Everyone talks about, oh, what an amazing comeback. They should have lost that game. Yep. Yeah. But but And everyone talks about how great a win that Saints game was when it happened. And, but, but I sure hope that the if, the rest of the season play, if the rest of the season plays out like that and they get to four wins because they get two lucky wins they shouldn't have had, but otherwise play like crap all game and they squeak out a win because of luck. You shouldn't... They, as a decision maker... I that just, shouldn't be given too much credit. As opposed to think, winning four games and, oh, they're starting to move the ball up and down the field. Love is slinging around. People are starting to – they win their last two games because people are – they know their assignments. They're making blocks, completing passes, and moving the ball. What kind of fantasy land are you living in? There is no chance <laughs> in hell that that is happening. <laughs> of course not. But that's what – I I think there's a difference between four wins like that, which we don't think is going to happen, and four wins because you get, like, two more Saints wins. I'd take a Saints win at this point. I'd take it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot more fun. Yeah, it's it's all bad. Let's move to the defense, though. Or, or like, we win because we're, we're facing quarterback four. Like, we're going to be this coming week against the Rams, I'm it seems like. I'm here to tell you. I don't think the Packers, sh- that line is going to shrink. I don't think they should be favored by three. I know Stafford probably won't play. I've watched these Packers play. They're going to find a way to do nothing in the first half. And th- hey, this game is going to be unwatchable. Did you know? So so the other, the other I think the, the Sunday night game is like Raiders-Jets. It's either this Sunday or next Sunday. I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's, it's not this Sunday. It's the, it's it's the next 12th, Sunday? I think. Raiders-Jets. Man, what would, what's going to be worse? The the Packers Rams with Brett Rippon in at quarterback for the Rams, or Raiders Jets. <laughs> Which of these games is going to suck harder? I want to know what the over. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Oh man, what the over under is on points the first half for for Rams Packers? <laughs> yes, three nothing. Like three. Actually, we're gonna throw a pick six. It's gonna be it's gonna be seven nothing. Like that's going to be the score at half. It's no, this team is uh, bad. This team is not good. Yeah. So the second, combined the combined offensive output output for the two teams is going to be negative seven. Yeah, and I'm sorry, everyone, for coming off as very negative, but the team's not good. I don't like, like there there are some positives like in the second halves of games statistically, like over the course of the season, not in this Vikings game, and that's why I think we're especially negative because the Vikings game was very bad all the way around. 
like in the second half of games on the season, they're actually a pretty good offense somehow. It doesn't feel like it necessarily when you watch them. It looks like they're just like borderline. They, they're showing competence, which is like such a change of pace from the first half that it feels like great offense. But in the second half of games, they're actually a pretty good offense. And, you know, at, at times the young receivers look good. And, you know, Jordan Love has a couple flashes here and there. And, you know, Zach Tom's playing great mostly on the year. And, you know, you know, like if you're looking for positives, you can find them. But the point is you got to really look for them. You got to really look for him. And for the most part, it's or, like, or you have to lower the bar for what a positive is. That's also true. It's like our, our, our quarterback is sometimes like making some nice throws. Like we're counting plays that don't even count. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. But let's we'll call it. To, we'll call it process. We're looking for, you know, not necessarily just, outcomes, but uh, I just want them to not look worse every week. They're looking worse every week. Every week it's worse. Every week they're more lost. I'm just happy, you know, let's just move on to the defense. Um, The defense is not as bad as the offense, but it's not good. Um, It's not good at all. And especially, like, considering the fact that the expectations for the defense were a lot higher, like, they're low 20s in, like, every single metric. Like, DVOA, EPA per play, success rate, they're, like, 25th or lower in all of those stats right now. Um I had them up earlier, and oh, I I lost them. But the they struggled in this game since we're specifically breaking down the the Vikings game. We'll talk about this Vikings game in particular. Um, let's talk about what they're saying. This quote's from Rashawn Gary. Figured it made sense with him, you know, coming off the extension. Um, they were asking him about like you know frustration essentially on defense, and he said, "quote Our goal and our job is to win. So you know when you don't win, it's kind of down." But when you understand the guys that we have in this organization, just understanding the ins and outs of this whole team, it makes it fun to come to work. It makes us eager and hungry. We know we got an opportunity next Sunday to win. And that's why you pay that guy. Because when you watch that clip and you actually listen to him talk, like he is still 100% effort and he like is still like excited to come in and practice this week. I don't know how, but he is. Let's talk about the defense, Dad. There are some good things for the defense in this game. Uh, the red zone defense was pretty good. Uh, two of four in the red zone is quite solid. Um, forced, uh, they also forced, they forced one turnover, um, which puts them to six on the year. Uh, so more than they were averaging or uh, a game so far. So there's that, uh, run defense was quite good. Um, they held the Vikings running backs to just two yards a carry, uh, which is great. Um, they did allow the Vikings to get their first rushing touchdown of the year, which, you know, not great, but you, you I knew that was coming when they said the Vikings don't have a single rushing uh, touchdown this year. It's like, Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, they were just, I'm not that. I don't think that indicates that they were bad. Like playing, no, it's just one play. The run, it's just one play. But I, I, so I think the run defense is pretty good in this game. I know the Vikings run offense is bad. Um, I think they were 22nd when we did the preview in, uh, um, I think DVOA. I think it was. Uh, I go back and check our preview pod. We talked about it. Um, and then Preston Smith had a really nice game. Uh, five pressures, two sacks, three stops, and a forced fumble is a great game from Preston. Like a 92 PFF grade. Um, uh, pass breakup uh, to when they were trying to throw to Hawkinson. So uh, he was, I think, easily their best player on the day. We'll talk about later when we talk about player of the game. He was my player of the game. But there were some, there were some really, there, there were some good stuff on defense. A lot more good stuff on defense than on offense. But still not a great game from the defense. Dad, what do you have for positives for the defense? So TJ Slayton had a really nice game. Nine tackles with seven stops and one hurry, with an average depth of tackle of only zero point three. Well, he had like he two the, negative. He had two like seven yard lost tackles. Like he was right. way up in the backfield on a couple of those. The I, and I guess you might say I think uh, Wooden may have like beat that in this game with like one tackle. So it doesn't really. And be, besides that, the only D line to match that this year is Wyatt in Week Four, but he only had three tackles and three misses. So they're not counting in his depth of tackle average. Yeah, I, did, so, I just want to add since you mentioned Wyatt, he had a nice game in this one as well, and he's quietly actually putting together a pretty good season. Yeah, and um, so Slayton's overall run grade, run run defense grade by PFF was eighty two point seven. That's the best run defense grade by any D lineman this year, beating Slayton's own Week One grade of eighty one point four. Any D lineman for the Packers, to be clear. To be clear, yes, yes, that's yes. <laughs> um, the defense also got the ball back a couple of times in the fourth quarter to give the team a chance to cut the lead to a single score, including 
a, a forced fumble. So while they're trying to come back, they they forced a field goal attempt and got and got the block, got a fumble recovery, and forced the punt. The kind of clutch stops we've been begging for, and, and you have to have to make a comeback that we just don't seem to get very often. Of course, the, you know it's they perfectly were, non-complimentary football. It's like you can only get one of these at one of these at a time, but the, yes. you're not you're not guaranteed to get one of either. But you you won't get both. I don't know if it's that as soon as one unit starts playing good, the other one starts playing bad, or if it's like as soon as one unit starts playing bad, the other one starts playing well. I I, I don't know if it's chicken or the egg, but it's they they will never be playing well at the same time this season. It seems like they it's yeah, but you know. The, the defense was not the problem in this game. They were actually pretty good in this game, but for the but most part, they were part, perfect. They were not. They weren't perfect either. There, there were certainly some negatives. I mean, they they kind of just let the Vikings hold the ball a ton, and I know it's hard when the offense is out there for like thirty eight seconds of possession. <laughs> it seems like, but at First the same half, time, anyway. at the same time, like they were just kind of letting the Vikings move the ball up and down the field all day. The Vikings averaged 8.7 plays and 52 yards per drive over seven drives where Kirk Cousins played. Kirk Cousins got knocked out late in this game, unfortunately, with a torn Yeah, Achilles. that really, really sucks. sucks. Really I saw it when, like, when I saw it, I was like, what happened? I just you know, I saw the tackle, then the yeah. replay, it's like, oh, damn. Yeah. Non-contact replay. injury. It's yeah. like, that That didn't look good. No. And and, and it but, wasn't. But yeah. So, for the year. But, so they, but they let him 52 yards per drive in seven drives where Kirk Cousins played, and the shortest drive was 20 yards, and it was because they started the Packers 20, and like so, it's like yeah, and, and they did it. Touchdown, and, and it was also only one. It was also only one play. Yeah, it was also one one play. Yeah, exactly. Very nice and short, but they held it, They held to one play. Exactly. So they were just they were moving the ball up and down on the Packers, and the Packers third down defense was really miserable in this one. Um, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, so I took out the Jaron Hall ones. Um, we're 10 of 15 on third downs with Kirk Cousins in the game. It's technically it's nine of 15, but I'm including the roughing the passer as a conversion because Packers gave it up. So I'm, I'm counting it. So 10 of 15. Um, and according to Jacob Morley, the Packers gave up nine third downs or not, sorry, nine first downs in third and eight plus situations in this game. Yeah. And I think I heard somebody say that that was the most by any team this year. On on third down conversions for that long I, or more, I can't imagine what would have to happen for someone to have more of them. I mean, to even have that many third and eight plus situations, and then to give up nine of them, nine third and eight plus, and you're not and he, and one of them it was third and nine. They gave up eight yards, and they had fourth and one, and they decided to coward kick a field goal and missed it. It was the field goal. I, I was like, thank you so much for yeah. going for that field, even if they got the field goal. And then, well, then they missed it. Remember, it was just like the, the cherry on top of that. Kevin O'Connell give us a chance of the game. Kevin O'Connell did the same thing last week versus the versus the Niners and almost cost them. Yeah, the game. who is who, who is it who has like the coward index? Because that's yeah, got to be up there, up there, up to the yeah. top. Especially against the Packers. Uh, yeah, we're not fourth and short defense on fourth and one. Just tush push. Oh, can we? I just want to share a little conversation my dad and I had before this game. He was asking why we don't do the brotherly shove. And I, I look, had to stare at him and ask him <laughs> when he has ever seen the Packers' offensive line oh, get even in right. We can just use push. our you use that surge, get that surge we always get yeah, at the we, goal we line because we get such a good push from the O line. We're definitely going to get a yard on a tush push. Yeah, I was telling you, it'll be like pushing Jordan Love full speed into a brick wall. Yeah, you had the, a name for it too. I said we call it the cheese squeeze. Because <laughs> he's just getting, he's getting crushed. Get crushed in there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but fourth and one, they could have done. They could have called any play in the book and probably gotten it. Honestly, like, and they were getting whatever they wanted on third down, though. Um, but yeah, so the the defense, you know, the numbers look okay. Um, you know, they they made plays and they they gave the offense opportunities to win the game, which you know that that's more. That's enough, you know? Like, it's not good, but they, they gave the offense chances. They like, gave the is... offense chances. Even though they weren't perfect, they were able to get the ball back in the offensive hand, off, offensive's hands to have some chances. But it wasn't perfect. Coverage also wasn't good. Passer rating, so by the defensive backs, the only person who had, like, a really great coverage grade was Preston. Blake breaking up a pass to uh, Hawkinson at the goal line. But, so, you know, when you, when you complained about Preston dropping in coverage, he was the only one who was who was covering well. 
Yeah. Yeah. But so def- defensive back, passer rating against for this game. Jair gave up 144.3 into his coverage. Owens, 138.5. Douglas, 118.8. Nixon, 95.8. Ford wasn't targeted. playing. He was playing mostly deep, so I guess he had a good day. Only three total pass breakups. One by Nixon, one by Douglas, and one by Campbell. The Vikings' three most targeted pass catchers. Osborne caught 8 of 10 for 99 yards. Hawkinson, 6 of 9 for 88 yards in a TD. Addison, 7 of 8 for 82 yards in a TD. There was a stretch in that game, in one drive, where they just threw it to Osborne four straight times. I was like, was like is anyone going to guard this dude? Like, they're just throwing it to him 14 yards down the field, like three plays in a row. Like, they're at the, they're at the 8 now. Like, are we going yeah. to stop this play? They're spamming it. Yep. And another thing that hurt, like giving up a touchdown on the very first play after the interception, that always hurts. Yeah. You yeah. don't even make him work for it. Not even a little. And it was, that was the one that – was that the one to Addison? Addison. That was the yeah. one that Addison just ran right by Jair. He's just that, not – he just shouldn't game. be playing. Yeah. He's clearly yep. not healthy. And I know he wants to be out there, but it just – Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not doing like anything for to. anyone. Yeah. And then another mental error penalty. Penalty. This time I'm calling out the the one on uh, Enigbare, rough of the passer. He uh, no, that on, was on uh, Gary. Well, that was the third down conversion. That was roughing the passer on Gary. There was an earlier one on Enigbare where he just comes and gives him like a hip check. Oh, yeah. After the play's over, it's like mind-bogglingly stupid. It's like the play's over. You're not making a play on the ball. You're not doing anything besides just deciding to bump into him. What if I told you when Enigbare, nothing else is going on? What if I told you Enigbare you also three fifteen yards? What if I tell you Enigbari also leads the league in special teams penalties? Would that help? It it, uh, it would track, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Guess just, so. just another mind-bogglingly brainless um, penalty. Yeah. Undisciplined. I mean, the, like, the, uh, there should be, like, head the, – the, the coaching staff needs a little bit more of a heads are going to roll if anybody does anything this stupid again. Well, that's the thing. It's like – so we talked all about – they, the the coaching staff has struggled. The, the players are getting worse every week. The coaching staff is not developing them. The players are getting lost almost every other play. The play, the coaches are not teaching the pl- the plays in the scheme correctly. The players are missing their assignments. So the, not only are they not knowing what the actual play call is, like whether pass versus run, they're not. They don't know their assignments within the play itself, even when they do know the play. So. And then on top of all of that, we haven't even touched on just like we talked about a little bit, but lack of discipline, like they're the most penalized team in the league. So it's it's everything, and and they're never prepared, and they don't play tough, and they have so many drops, and it's it's just it's it's so bad, and and yeah. Um, you have anything else you want to talk about on defense, or should we should we wrap this up and talk about special teams? I think that special teams wraps that up. Special teams is bad, too. Uh, three more special teams penalties today. They now lead the league in special teams penalties with 14 per PFF. Uh, this is your weekly reminder that Rich Passaccia is the highest-paid special teams coordinator in the NFL. Uh, they have 14 special teams penalties per PFF. The next highest is at 12. Uh, and keep in mind that 20 teams have not had their bye yet. This is not special teams penalties per game. This is total. And the Packers have played one less game than 20 teams in the NFL. And they have two more than the next highest. So, you know, just keep that in their mind. Uh, Dolan Levitt, another penalty today on special teams. How is the only thing you're here for special teams? And you have now committed, you've been flagged three times, which is second most in the league. And all you're here to do is play special teams. It's the only thing you're here to do. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's bad. It's bad. So I say about special teams. At least they got a, they got a field goal block blocked kick by Carl Brooks to keep hope alive for a little while. Yeah, um, and and that was that was nice. You know they've had a couple block kicks. Uh, Carlson missed one, but it one. didn't count, which is cool, I guess. I know <laughs> they got bailed out, so they didn't get shut out because they. Yes, and the teams walking off the man. field. The refs are like, "Oh wait, you guys have another chance." It's like, uh, no, I want to. We need to go to the locker room. Yeah, it's they. They should have just let us go to the locker. They should have just let us stay in the locker room, not come out for the. But uh, and they almost, but then especially they almost gave a big return to uh, the Vikings as well, except uh, bailed out by a hold on that play. Yeah, and man, it's just yeah, because 
because they did get bailed out in that hold. And I, I remember thinking, it's like, wow, something went our way? The, the impossible. But yeah, um, yeah, I, have, I don't really have anything else to say. Do you want to just wrap this thing up and talk about our players of the game? There's not I'm, really much more I want to say about special teams. It was mostly... It was fine, I, it was, I guess. Well, I mean, it, it, not, no. It's not that. No, they, that was three, really... Three more, you had missed field goals on both teams. Big return. Yeah, it was, you get yeah. the block, you commit three penalties. Like, like they're just... They've invested a lot in the special teams unit. Like, Eric Wilson had a penalty in this game. He's pretty much just there for special teams. Donald Levitt had a special teams penalty. He's only here for special teams. They're bringing in guys who are purely special teams guys, and they still are undisciplined and don't know the rules and like aren't it's just bad it's it's just bad um but yeah to wrap things up um player of the game uh, i had preston smith he had a really good game uh like we said earlier uh five pressures two sacks and uh three stops and a forced fumble only turnover forced by the packers in the day uh he was pretty easy choice for me who did you have i had another defensive player i had tj slayton for the reasons we talked about him, like the nine tackles, seven stops, and a hurry, and uh, really basically tackling everybody at or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been uh, the Father Son Package Podcast. Just to wrap things up, uh, team is bad. They're not just bad; they're really hard to watch. They're not fun to watch. I I was telling telling my dad, I was telling you that. I think this might be like one of the least fun teams to watch in the past decade in terms of the fact that, you know, the offense, like just to start, the offense is never on the field. Like they're, they're losing time of possession all the time. The defense is, the offense is, is having one minute drives while the defense is letting the other team keep the ball for like seven minutes of drive, 52 yards of drive, nine plays of drive. So number one, offense is never on the field and no one wants to just sit and watch their own defense get marched on. Number two, when the offense is on the field, they are committing they, they're committing mistakes and penalties that are the kind that just make you want to rip your hands out. Tons of drops, tons of holds, tons of just not knowing what the play is, tons of just guys not turning at the right time, people off, off uh, like not on the same page, love missing guys. Like the type of offense that's painful to watch and, and just... They're just, they got to be one of the least fun brands of football to watch. Like I saw people like Vikings, like uh, analysts and Vikings writers talking about how uh, just hard to watch the Packers were. And they, they were, they almost, they almost sound like they were feeling sorry for us. Like that's how bad it's gotten. And I don't really know what, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what the solution is. Like you can make marginal changes and I think things can, can get better. Matt LaFleur mentioned that the left tackle position is an open competition coming in this week. I would, I think putting nine in there would be an improvement. It's not going to fix. It's not going to fix 90% of the problems with this team. It might fix, it might fix one or two things, but it's not going to fix most of it. Like I could say, you know, that maybe, maybe they should, I don't even know if they should move play calling because I don't think anyone else on this staff really has any kind of resume that would make you think they're going to be any better at play calling. Um, I don't know what the fix is. I, I don't think there really is one. I think this is kind of the fate we're consigned to for the rest of this season, unfortunately. And I hate to say so, that because it sounds so pessimistic, but it's just okay. hard to see avenues for improvement here unless, like, Love takes a big step, the offensive line, like, you put Nyman in and the run game gets fixed, and then oh, I'm, I'm spin zoning. I'm right there. We're right there. The, 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 the young receivers start to click a little, and they actually make catches, like, a lot right. of things need to get fixed at once for this team to be even like average. So here's what I, if you want to say for like a little bit of hope, it's like the, the, the question is how many weeks of practice does it take for these young players to learn what they're supposed to do? So that maybe the hope is everybody's screwing up because nobody knows what they're supposed to do and they just need more time. And I'm not saying this, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I know. It's so, just, if it's you want to like, say there's any hope, like maybe it takes them another eight weeks. It's somehow though that they're worse to actually it, learn what they're supposed to do. It does not help that they get worse every, every that they get worse as the season goes on. It's not encouraging. Yeah, but you might say that in another six weeks of practice and learning that they may actually because they're all young, they're making mistakes because they don't know what they're supposed to do yet. They haven't quite learned yet, and so there's a chance that they'll learn. 
There is. Yeah. It's so that's be my only that's the only thing to say. Like there's like if if there's a if there's a if there's a rail light coming through the boulders that are piled up on top of us, that's that's gonna be it. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for everyone for listening. We didn't even do any pictures at the beginning. I was so eager to just start screaming. Uh, if you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Uh, we tweet out when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting, pieces of Packers news, um, statistics we find interesting from games or leading up into games. Um, and yeah, and if you like what you hear even more, come give us a, come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we even put all our episodes out on YouTube. So if you want to listen to them there, you can. And if you subscribe to us there, uh, we'd really appreciate it because we really help our numbers. Um, but yeah, tough time in Titletown. Uh, it's it's just hard because it's getting worse every week, but we're going to keep being here. We're going to keep watching. We're going to watch every game. We're going to rewatch every game, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to be doing two episodes a week for the rest of the season, and we're going to be doing one episode a week all off season. We are going to be here no matter what, as Kylian Mbappe once said. But, Dad, until the pregame later this week for the Packers game against the Rams, we're going to let our listeners get going now. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.